Welcome to the forecast. To my right, we have APAT and Alex. How you doing? Hello, everyone. And to my left, GW himself, Gary. How you doing? Doing good. I'm not Gary. <laughs> Fuck you, man. We are the Wednesday Comics Podcast. My name is Marvin. We are here to tell you the comics coming up for August eighth, twenty eighteen. That's eight eight twenty eighteen. Alex, that's too many eights. That's three eights right there. That's crazy eights. That's what I'm talking about. Where you are first going to talk about Image Comics here. Telling the books coming off from Image Comics. First, Dead Hand, number five. This is Kyle Higgins and um, who we have in our here, Stephen Mooney. Cold War Relics, part five. How was Roger created? How might he be stopped? All of Operation Dead Hand secrets revealed. Alex, what do you think? Dead Hand, number five. Uh, this, I believe, was going to be a six-issue mini. It does not say anymore, so I'm not sure. Uh, what do you think of Dead uh, first issue was not a big fan of it. Uh, issue two, three, and four have been really, really, really great. Uh, so I'm very interested in getting issue five, interested to read it. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll even talk about it later. I haven't made the list, so I don't know. Um, I hope it's only a six issue run. I, uh, I like minis cause that means one, it's got a beginning, it's got a middle, it's got an end, obviously. But then that meant that there was actually a story to be told and it's not just, dragging a book out to make some numbers so so far if it's a six issue run by all means i'm excited to continue to get this i'll get it even if it's more than six issues i think it's been amazing <laughs> uh farmhand number two rob guillory and rob guillory uh two different people nope same person ezekiel jenkins just wants to forget about his past unfortunately now that he's returned to his family's farm that's going to be damn near impossible. And if it's dealing with his own demons isn't enough today, he'll be dealing with a few of his fathers as well. Uh, Garrett, did you get this book? Yeah, I did. And what do you think? Rob Gilray's farmhand. You know, going into this week, I was totally not planning on getting the second issue, but I had not read the first issue. I read it, and the story was really compelling and different from what I thought it was going to be about. And it kind of like I thought the story was very well done, and obviously the art was incredible. So uh, I'm excited for issue two because uh, there's a pretty cool storyline going on right now that I enjoy. Rob Gillery of Chew fame. So if you enjoy Chew, that is the book for you, uh, especially Chew's humor. It looks like I mean the art. I mean obviously brings me back. So we'll check that out. Oblivion Song by Kirkman and David Cellini. Uh, why is that the full title? It's not the full title. Number six, this is the end of the story arc. Nathan's world is collapsing around him. Things on Earth couldn't be going any worse and in oblivion. Nathan has found a large group of survivors who do not, who don't want to leave. Excuse me. Uh, Alex, what do you think Oblivion song? Something you weren't really sold on, I believe, if I remember correctly. Uh, it is a book that I am not, I haven't stuck around with. I haven't read the last three issues. I haven't picked up the last three issues. Um, so are you still sticking around? How's this book going? I am not going to stick around. <clears throat> I have decided to drop it. Was not has not done anything to keep me interested since issue one. Um, I I'm kind of I'm already burnt out from Kirkman, so I'm just thinking, yeah, screw it, I'm done. So Garrett, this is you. You like it? Is it good? Yeah, I do really like it. Um, you know, I haven't really read a kaiju book like it. I think the art's really amazing, and I do think the story is compelling. I mean. I think you just got to kind of be used to how Kirkman writes, and is it a kaiju better than anything? Book? Is it just out. a monster book? I would say kaiju. I would imagine kaiju are like huge. That's what a kaiju is. <clears throat> Aren't these guys just like little? No, there's giant ones. Oh, okay, but I, see, see, I, I don't know. To me, it's like demonic creatures almost. 
No, they seem like actual creatures, like Cloverfield creatures. I guess I wasn't really uh, that interested. When even when I was reading the issues, I didn't really feel that involved. So, I mean, I think I really liked the first issue. If you were to go back in the podcast and listen, I thought I really enjoyed the first issue. I said it went somewhere where I didn't think it was going to go, but then the rest of the issues just it felt like more of the same Kirkman for me. And like I dropped Walking Dead too. Uh, I'm done with Walking Dead. So yeah, well, sorry. I uh, PSA to everybody: Walking Dead is done. Like. You know, not even Andrew Lincoln wants to stick around for the stink of this shit. Like he, I mean, well, that's Walking different. Is, that's a TV show. No, I know, but I just mean it's just a sign of the franchise as a whole. Things are getting getting deadly. Well, what's funny about that, and and this Oblivion song we'll talk about in a second here. That a Walking Dead now they're right to the point where the comics are. It's so weird how they caught up so fast because they skipped a lot of stuff. But right. they're basically gonna this season do the arc we just read um, in the comics. So. It's interesting that I want to see what they do past this and see maybe is that better than what they've tried to do in the uh, comic or not. But the same thing with the Oblivion song. It's like, I know he said he's mapped it out to how many issues, Garrett? He had, by the time issue one came out, he had the first 12 issues written already. So, I mean, I know he knows in 12 issues where he's going, but to me, it feels like a lot of spinning wheels. So it feels like he has 12, 12 issues written, but like how decompressed is this thing where... Like, I don't feel like enough happens per issue to keep me interested. And maybe I'll go back and read a trade. Well, yeah, you haven't read the last couple issues, though. That's what I mean. I'll go back and read a trade maybe, and then I'll make an assessment. But the assessment was for me that and it was the same fact for Walking Dead for me also. I feel like issue per issue, nothing really happens. But if you get a trade, I think that's what he writes for. And so we'll see. I don't know. But you'll enjoy it. So, I mean, uh, there were elements I enjoyed, but not enough to keep this book for me. Uh, unnatural number two of 12. This is, uh, Mirka and Dolfo, uh, doing the art and writing. Uh, Alex, you got this book, uh, last time it came out, issue number one. This is a reprint of a French comic, I believe. Um, and, uh, how was the first issue? I really enjoyed it. I thought, I mean, it, I went into it expecting it to be really kind of just a sexual kind of almost pornish book. And it really wasn't what, what little bit of, nudity was in the book was done tastefully it's not you know i read sex criminals and that's got its moments where it's hey there's a penis on the on the page you're like oh okay this didn't have that i actually really enjoyed this um it kind of reminded me of a a fables ish book to an extent it also had this kind of um if you are a, if you're a pig, you are only allowed to date pigs. If you choose not to procreate, then they put you somewhere else. I, it was good, and I it's one of those books that I know Sergeant America gets, um, or at least tried. I don't know if he's going to continue to get. I really liked it, and so I'll be giving issue two a taste to see if I like it even more. Is that the uh, that's that the uh, title for your autobiography? Penis on the page. <laughs> Are you not reading my autobiography? I well, just finished it last I'm waiting week. for it. I'll, I'll do a little read-through real quick. Uh, it won't be on Hoopla. I specifically asked it not to be on Hoopla. Dark Horse Comics, Predator Hunters <laughs> 2, number one. This is Chris uh, Warner and Augustus uh, Pendila and Najee Minan. Uh, from the islands of the South Pacific to the mountains of Afghanistan, the hunters go wherever the predators appear. Even if it's in a war zone and in conflict, conflict with the mysterious government group hunting the same prey despite the catch they suffered during the first mission the hunter predators excuse me the printer excuse me the predator hunters oh, that is mouthful or on a prowl again <laughs> uh, i told him to bring this up we talked about predators uh last uh episode so i figured hey that's a nice little tie-in there you go 
So we want to see a little predator. So there you go. Um, she could fly number two, I believe. We talked about the first issue coming out. Um, did anybody get this book? No. Well, this is from the... Uh, I did talk about this book. It's from the uh, critically acclaimed writer of Halt and Catch Fire, which is a great show. Christopher Catwell. So if you want to check that out here. Um, I actually didn't hear anything about this book, but it, it continues to look great. I mean, that cover looks great and it looks interesting. So uh, I might check it out when it's all out. I don't know if it's supposed to be a mini or what, but... Uh, Sword Daughter number three. This is Brian Wood, Mac Chatter. Uh, Gary, are you still getting this book? You know, I read the first two issues, and I do think the story is really great, but I can't do five bucks an issue, so I'm dropping it. It's it's oh, clearly, it's you know, issue. yeah, five bucks an issue, and I thought it was like I didn't realize the second issue was five bucks also. I'm not playing that game. I I don't care what your story is. If every issue is five bucks and I'm getting the same amount of ages as every other book i'm not paying five bucks so sorry i'll be a cheap ass on this one but i'm out well i i actually i get the first issue i have it here i haven't, I haven't read it yet but i forgot i forgot about this book and i didn't get the second issue so but that's a good point to bring up why is it 4.99 i mean i do remember the cover being a heavier stock right it's like a card stock right but then yeah, I mean, it is like that nicer glossy cover but but i mean if it's not any more pages then i'd rather just pay for a regular cover if that's what you're charging yeah for, so. i you know, that's just a shame on the comic industry. Like, I don't care if it's fucking Leonardo da Vinci writing the comic or drawing it or whatever. Yeah, I'm not paying five bucks an issue. Uh, Maybe you should get that book of Leonardo's writing it and doing the art. Yeah. He's dead. So you, don't go, you, don't, you don't pick up da Vinci on art and uh, pencils? Oh, excuse me, pencils and hey, uh, words? Did, did you guys even read Shield? Da Vinci's not dead. He <laughs> flows. IDW Publishing. This is Timothy Bebock. And Rocksteady hit the road, number two of five. Ben Bates, Dustin Weaver, speaking of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Dustin Weaver, the art for S.H.I.E.L.D., Ben Bates also doing the art here. When Bebop and Rocksteady run into a major roadblock that are forced into do the unimaginable, get real jobs. Actually, didn't this uh, first issue come out last week? Yep. So it's They're doing it's, it. August, I think, is usually the Rocksteady and Bebop month because last year they did uh, Bebop and Rocksteady travel through time. So five issues. We have five Wednesdays. It's going to come out every single week in August. Correct. Well, that's going to be good for you. Are you did, how was the first issue? Did you get a chance to read it? I actually read it before the show. I really enjoyed it. So Bebop and Rack State decided they're going to try being good guys because uh, being a bad guy isn't paying off for them. And everybody seems to love the turtles, which isn't always true. Uh, so they're driving through the, the desert, run into a guy, uh, just a human guy who's hunting monsters. And uh, they decide to tag up with them and be heroes. Well, they end up fighting Wingnut, who's a bat. And uh, Rocksteady and Bebop are actually transforming back into humans. So I don't know what this next issue is going to be. And on the cover, it's got some robots. So this could be uh, this could be a shit fest. Two of my favorite characters may no longer be uh, the reason I like them so much. Can turn to human. They said Alex likes them because they're animals. No more. No more. Screw him. <laughs> Bring him back to people. Oh, one thing. Uh, so Bebop, or not Bebop, Rocksteady's ear turns back to a human ear, and he cuts it off. Like, just takes a knife and cuts his ear off and throws it. Uh, it was disgusting. Uh, DC Comics, Catwoman number two is Joel Jones and Joel Jones. Uh, Gotham's a toxic litter box for Selena Kyle of late, so she hits the road. Looking to clear the air, change her look and clear her name too. 
there's a copycat burglar swiping her M.O. who needs sorting out. In her hometown, Catwoman runs afoul of a crime boss who's also hunting this imposter. Can the two declare a truce to hunt the mutual enemy, or will Selina end up just end up just more roadkill? What? That's really worded weird. Um, Catwoman number two, I believe we all enjoyed number one a lot. Uh, it was on the infamous uh, week where Alex gave everything a 10. Um, so, Garrett, what do you think? Catwoman number two. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I like, you know, I'm kind of liking those books where there's a one person who's doing the writing and the art. So that way it's completely their vision. I mean, obviously creative teams are great that work together, but that's not always a thing. So it's nice to have one cohesive vision from one person. And uh, issue one was really strong. I think because of uh, how Batman 50 led into it, there was a lot of weight to it. And I think now, you know, we're going to kind of be where we're at in Batman where these stories will be so different, but you're going to always feel that emotional weight of like, even though Bruce won't probably be in the book, you'll still feel him there and the same in Batman. So uh, I think Joel Jones is killing it. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for this issue for sure. Detective Comics 986, Brian Hill, Felipe Barones. Uh, Alex, Detective Comics, you said this uh, run has been great so far. Going into 986, uh, are you still entertained by this run? I have been entertained. Now, to be fair, I found I found that Tom King writes a better detective uh, in Batman. But I have enjoyed this Detective Comics book. I think Black Lightning is a good addition to the team. He's uh, kind of, in a way, he's bringing those kids into more humanizing aspects. They're not just these heroes. They're actually kids. They need to be held responsible for school and other parts of their lives. Uh, and I think Bruce is right. The kids make him weak. And not that they, they drag him down, but he's always got to be concerned about them. So I, I think Karma has a, a, a good hold on Bruce. And I think Bruce is going to be doing one of the hardest fights he's ever had to do. Had to do. But it's kind of tying back into, I think what's really fun about that is, you know, Batman before he had Robins and whatnot. It's kind of tying back to that. And he's kind of refocusing on his mission and yes, it's obviously going to be very hardcore because you know a Batman without a Robin is a very dark Batman who a lot of with a lot of dark things happening to him. So I think it's going to be definitely an interesting take, and I hope it actually lasts a while. I'm not saying he has to like hate the Robins, but maybe just working alone for a while. Flash number fifty-two, Joshua Williamson and uh, Christian Deuce uh, on, and Dan Moore with the cover. Oh, buddy, I've seen Dan Moore with the Flash. Look at that guy. That looks great. Why does Dan Moore cheese us so much with all these covers? Just get on a book, Dan Moore. On your mark. He gets He's on go-go power. Nobody this. needs him on that book. Get on your mark. Do. Get set and go for part one of Grips of Strength. Barry Allen races to the House of Heroes at the center of the multiverse to meet with the flashes of 52 worlds for info on the new forces he's recently encountered. Meanwhile, back in Central City, Trickster is turning informant against Warden and Wolf. But that brings a sneak attack that Barry and the time-loss Commander Colds must team up to stop if they can quit butting heads long enough to do so. Uh, Garrett, what do you think about Flash 52 or past Flash Wars now and uh, on to the new arc? What do you think? I'm very excited. Uh, Flash War was incredible. Issue 51 was probably one of the best issues of the Flash I've ever had in this entire run. Um, 
going into this next arc, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Commander Cold. He's really established himself in this series. Um, and, you know, obviously seeing the multiverse of flashes, you're going to definitely get some information about, well, I know he's on the hunt for the strength force. I don't know why they don't mention that. They were blasting it all over the last page of the last issue. Um, but, you know, to be able to stop Hunter Zolomon and um, be able to uh, solve what's going on with the Speed Force, because uh, that ties into what's happening in Justice League, uh, this is the where they're going to start out. So it's fun new start of an arc leading into the next era. Is there enough here, you think, that somebody brand new, if they like The Flash, can jump in here? I think so, yeah. I think this would be a good jumping on point. Um, it'll obviously reference Flash War, but... Hey, you can just go back and get it if you really need to know more. But it's going to give you all the information you need right into the beginning. Oh, see, I think I think you'd actually have to like Flash because I'm reading this and I've read the 52 issues leading to it or 51, and I'm like, I don't know how much I really care. What? That, You're just, insane. Well, that may be true, but still, there's just not. I don't know. I like the Flash, but there's I don't know any of these characters that we're talking. Who's I know? Who's, I mean, I understand who. Zolomon Hunter or Hunter Zolomon or Frankenstein Hunter, whatever his name is. I know who he is in this book, but I've never heard of him before. I don't think you do. You don't even know his name. <laughs> well, that's fine. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't seem fine. like a, a, a new... I'm just saying it doesn't seem like a user-friendly book to just jump into. Yes, you don't need to have... User-friendly? Hal Jordan yeah. in the Green Lantern Corps, number 50. Robert Venditti, Rafi Sandoval uh, doing the cover also. And Jordi Chagarana doing some assists there. This is it, the exercise anniversary celebration and one of the biggest battles in Green Lantern Corps. Uh, the Green Lantern Corps has fought to mark the occasion. John Stewart issues a dramatic order. No lethal force. The Green Lanterns need to prove they can keep law and order in the universe without killing. Elsewhere, where Hal Jordan faces down tomorrow too, and looks to use the Dark Star's armor as a weapon against them with some psychic help from Hector Hammond, who probably shouldn't be trusted. So this is the big finale. Robert Vendetti has been leading all to this. After this, we're moving on to Grant Morrison's Green Lantern. Um, and it will, this, but this is the end of Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Alex, what do you think? 50 issues. Uh, are you excited for the finale? I am excited for, for the finale. Uh, I really hope that uh, we nail the ending, though. Uh, this book has started out so strong. I actually really have enjoyed this final arc. Uh, they've brought some of their characters back in that we've already established in previous arcs. So I'm, I, th- this is coming full circle. My hope is that we can uh, 10 out of 10 nail the landing. Uh, I, want, I want perfection from this book. And I think, uh, was it Alex or you, uh, Garrett, that said that this book is back to the quality that we were used to in the first couple arcs? I think it was me. I would say so, yes. Um, I don't remember who said it, but it is back full. You know, there was some arcs in the middle that were like, why do we have to care about this? Um, but by the part we get here in this last storyline, it's everything's coming together and it makes it more enjoyable as a whole. And, uh, you know, I wish I was, I am excited for this, but boy, I'm, oh boy, am I more excited for the green lantern coming out here in November. So it's definitely going to get me, uh, it better be an awesome cliffhanger to make me wait three months for it. So 
Plastic Man, Three of Six is Gail Simone, Andrea Mello. Uh, Garrett, take this book. Yep. What do you think, Plastic Man? We're about halfway done with this miniseries. You're looking forward to uh, reading this tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, the first two issues, I think Alex can agree with me, are really funny, are really great. Gail Simone knows this character. Um, it's fun, you know, kind of getting somewhat of an origin story of Plastic Man uh, in this book. Um, yeah, it's really great quality. And, you know, usually like a limited series, you're like, well, you know, you don't really need to read it. It's something that you can just kind of check out. I think this is something that everyone should read, especially if you're enjoying Terrifics. I think Gail Simone's Plastic Man is definitely something to check out. Agreed. Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 25, Scott Lobedell, Dexter Soy, Ryan Finn, Phil Hester, Andrew, excuse me, Andy Parks, and Trevor Herstein. Uh, a lot of people on this book. Exercise Anniversary Issue, number 25, four ninety nine. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Batman versus the Red Hood, and for the right to fight in Gotham, grab your ringside seat for the battle 25 years in the making. Uh, how's Red Hood and the Outlaws? Uh, I think Gary can attest to this. Red Hood and the Outlaws has probably been one of the strongest rebirth books to come out. Absolutely. Uh, I I think this battle between Jason Todd and Batman has slowly built up to this point. Uh, I know at 26 something will happen. I, I, I love this book, and this is a book that I, I, I think you need to be reading. I know other people don't care for it. Maybe you're expecting something else, or maybe you like the New 52 team. I think that the team that we've been given with Bizarro or one of the Bizarros, Artemis and Red Hood, I actually feel like they're family. I feel like they care about each other and that whenever they're out in the city, there's at least something at stake, whether it's one of their lives or just <clears throat> their, I don't know, their teamwork together. Just it flows so nicely. Um, uh, this is also Dexter Soy's last issue on the book. Um, and you know, if you read the DC nation magazine, I don't want to spoil anything, but starting with issue 26, this book's going to be changing directions and it could not be more awesome leading out of this anniversary issue. Um, I think this is a great jumping on point reading it. issue 25, like come on this fucking ride and let's go. Cause it's amazing. Sam and universe. Number one, Cyspur, Neil Hopkinson, Kate Howard, Dan waters, Alaska Evely, Dominique Damo, uh, Stanton, Tom Fowler, Max Fumara, uh, Sebastian Fumara, and Jay Lee on the cover there. For the mind of the New York Times, the number one bestseller author, Neil Gaiman, comes a world, new world, filled with dreams, nightmares, and wonderful characters living together in a shared universe for a new story unlike anything we've seen before. Um, there's a lot to this solicit, so I'll just go ahead and say that this is going to be kind of an anthology book here where I'll tell stories, uh, the teams together, as I named off before. Uh, Neil Gaiman's kind of like the uh, curator. He made, he made a, is that the right word? Curator. He's a curator of this book, and he uh, puts together these teams, and here we go. He's gonna be, they're going to be telling stories in this universe. Uh, Sandman, which, uh, Garrett, where, where are we going to read Sandman? Uh, we are for our book club, but I'm not going to be getting that book just cause like, I feel like I'm at least a couple decades behind on what the story is. So I would be so lost. Um, they even like in the solicits, they bring up characters that I don't even know who they are. And I think I'd be disservicing myself if I tried to read this without going back. 
Uh, but if you've been keeping up with Sandman, they're going to read that and uh, enjoy that. It's been gone for a hot second, so now it's back. So, Scooby Apocalypse, Keith Giffen, J.M. DeMinus, Pat Oleaf. Uh, Garrett, what do you think? Scooby Doo Apocalypse, Scooby Scooby Apocalypse. I thought it was, so it was called Scooby Doo. Guess not. Mm. Um, it's really good. Uh, we got so Scrappy Doo last issue came back. Um, you know, he was missing for quite a while. Um, you know, things are really heating up. I think we're going to start seeing more deaths, maybe another major death from the Scooby Gang coming up here shortly. Um, you know, it's still surprising. This is one of those last books from the DC Hanna-Barbera uh, crossover. I mean, sometimes we get little mini events, but uh, this book has blown my mind. And, you know, for loving the mystery aspect of Scooby-Doo to get more of an apocalypse story, it still works really well because these characters are what make this story, not necessarily solving mysteries or fighting monsters. So um, definitely wish everyone was reading this but if not pick it up in trades because it'll be a different take on your favorite uh, mystery gang sideways number seven dan deal kenneth rockerfort uh alex you still pick it up sideways i don't know i'm i'm on the fence just for the fact that i read issue six and it really was good like garrett can attest to it but i'm also on that verge of like man some books just gotta go so i i can't tell you I can't tell you what I think. Uh, Garrett, what do you think? I I love Sideways. You know, I think that they're doing something fresh. Yes, it's kind of like the Marvel version or the DC version of Spider-Man, but they're making it its own thing where, you know, I care about this character in a way that I don't care for Spider-Man. I think that there's definitely mysteries I'm learning in this book about the entire DC universe. Um, you know, Rockefort is killing on art. You know, I know eventually Grant Morrison's going to be writing an arc on this book. Um, I really enjoy it thoroughly. And, uh, yeah, I think that it's definitely one to check out or at least keep on your radar in the future. I think if Rockford was, would have been, if he had done the last what three issues, then it really would be amazing, but he wasn't on five, uh, what five or six. And it kind of took me out of the book, or maybe it was even four he wasn't in it. And it still read nicely, but I was had these expectations because his art is so spectacular. When he wasn't in it, I was really let down. And maybe that's the thing is I'm just, I'm hurt. Yeah, well, the better the art, the longer the delay, so. Superman number two, Brian Michael Bennis, Joe Prado, and Ivan Rice. Uh, Garrett, uh, Superman number two, how's Superman going? Um, out of between Superman and action comics, I think Superman's the weaker title. We're still getting that man of steel esque type of storytelling. Um, you know, Rogel czar is the main focus, the man who apparently destroyed Krypton. Um, I think this is the most boring aspect of the, that Bendis has added to the mythos. Like I literally give two shits about the storyline. Um, it's basically just doomsday, uh, except you can't see out of one eye and he holds a staff. So um, I think the villain choice sucks um, as far as, you know, super. I mean, I think he can actually write Superman really greatly, though. I kind of get that Christopher Reeve feeling. But when you're like when there's a shadow of Rogel Czar in there, I'm just like, God, it just makes this book. It just makes me feel uneasy. Um, it's kind of like how I felt before the Man of Steel miniseries came out. Um, I think that it's going to be a while. So this book, uh, 
sees the, the lights, the rays of the yellow sun and powers up. It sounds like eh. to me that you enjoyed it at least a little bit if you give two shits. It's supposed to be you don't give any. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like I said, he does know how to write a good Superman. Not saying plot. I'm saying Superman as a character being Superman. I don't think he can write Clark Kent that well, except Action Comics 1001 impressed me. So, at least in this book, it just feels like a carbon copy of its uh, brother book. A second ago, you almost sounded like a surfer saying Superman. Superman. Here we go. Uh, Wildstorm, Michael Cray, number 10, Brian Hill, Stephen, and Stephen Harris, Dexter Vines. Uh, we are nearing the end. We have 12 issues of this uh, total. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Michael Cray, Wildstorm. I have thoroughly enjoyed this whole series. Uh, I'm surprised we're still on the Constantine Wonder Woman storyline. That it's kind of boggled my mind. Every every arc was two issues long, but I realized we're finally getting into thick of things, and that he's actually found a match uh, for himself that's causing him issues. That's why he can't seem to win. Um, it's good. This book is so strong, uh, and it's nice to see these DC characters not be themselves to see these almost diabolical evil superheroes. And uh, obviously somebody has got to take them out. So I've really enjoyed it. Uh, Marvel comics. Here we go. I'm going to switch up the order a little bit just so uh, I can have uh, Garrett talk about a book later, but amazing Spider-Man number three, next venture, Ryan Otley. Uh, Alex, what do you think you were on this uh, train, the Spider-Man train? Uh, we're three issues in. Are you still on board? Are you thinking about uh, I... double thinking it? I am still on board. Read issue one. Issue one was okay. Issue two, I really enjoyed. I'm actually feeling like uh, Nick Spencer does understand these characters. That Ryan Otley art is superb. Uh, so I'm I'm all on board until some ridiculous crossover event that I will hate myself for. So I've really enjoyed it. It's I read issue one recently, for. and it was I thought it was pretty damn great. Um, I just thought they were so wordy. Well, it's a 80 page book. Of course, it's like twice the size of a normal comic. So I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're right. Ryan Otley can kill this amazing on the art. Um, I think Nick Spencer gets who this character is. Um, and you know, we're back to that down on his luck, Peter Parker. And that's, that's usually what he's written like, except if you're Dan Slott, I guess. So, Oh, he's, I, I tell you what though, he's got like the, his living arrangements make me smile. Uh, he's got a certain person in his life that about freaking time that this person was in his life. So I, there are things that I'm super amped for. Right. That, that first issue kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yes. I get 80 pages, but there also needs to be a little bit more color than just white with words. All right, boys, I got this one. Fantastic Four, number one. This is Dan Slott, Scotty Young, Simon, Scooby Simone, uh, Bianca, Sarah Pacelli, Isan Rubik on that cover. That's why we had a delay in Cemetery Journey, right? Uh, Forever, part one, because you demanded it. The world's greatest comic magazine is back. Since the end of Secret Wars, there's been a gap in the Marvel Universe, a void no other team can fill. And it's time for the world to move on, but can it? A life-changing decision by the thing, a momentous declaration by the human torch, a clarion call to arms that summons Dr. Doom, please, and a signal in the sky that heralds the return of hope 
to the Marvel Universe. All this and Alicia Masters adopts kittens. So cute. Plus the Impossible Man bonus stories illustrated by Simone Bianca and Scotty Young. If you only read one Marvel comic this month, this is it. Uh, $5.99 to get you on that price, but I'll pay anything. I just said that before. You bring it back, I'll pay anything. <laughs> so here we are. That cover looks fantastic. Um, I am pumped for this, but also a little hesitant. I'm not sure about this Dan Slack guy. But, I mean, I like this Silver Surfer a lot. And that was a good run. I read that in Marvel Unlimited. It was pretty good. Uh, I did not enjoy his Spider-Man whatsoever. Uh, so this is kind of uh, going to be uh, like almost Russian roulette for me. So I'm not sure. What do you think, you guys? You guys already know I'm all in. What about you, uh, Garrett? What do you think? Um, you know, a little hesitant. I don't like these five ninety nine freaking issue ones. That's so stupid. Um, you know, I'm and I'm also looking at the preview art right now, and it looks okay. I think I'm excited because, like, of course, Fantastic Four has been gone for how long? Um, Four years. You know, I, yeah, right. And I don't. I still think it's kind of weird that there's not an issue of Marvel two and one that leads to them finding this team because now. That's just going to be an afterthought. I mean, the whole point of that book was to find them. So they're trying to get this book out so that obviously they can do something later down the line. Um, but I am excited because, you know, that is a really great team. Uh, there's going to be a lot of mysteries and fun that come with that. And I'm just worried that Dan Slottism will creep its way into this family. You know, it's kind of like when we wanted Captain America back so bad and Spencer's like, okay, you can have him," And then he turns into an evil dictator. So it's like, it's things like that, that I'm worried about. I am, uh, I'm super amped to get this issue, but I share Garrett's fears of Dan Slott, not one of my favorite writers by any work, by any stretch. And I too, I just, I'm saddened that two and one didn't build up to this. Yes. They're looking for them. They haven't found them yet. So we're, what's going to happen in issue nine? We're going to end up going, oh, by the way, we found them. Uh, this is how it happened. Just, I don't know. I feel like we're doing a disservice to one of the stronger Marvel books as two and one was. And now we're going immediately into Fantastic Four. Uh, by the way, uh, Marvel definitely has their uh, grips all over this thing, marketing-wise. Five ninety nine, Um And also, they... Uh, are making a have like 30 variants and they're making a second printing and the first print is not sold out yet. So, I mean, they're a little ahead of the game here. They're trying to sell this thing, but like I said, you could charge, you could charge me 20 bucks for this thing. I'm getting it. So, uh, it's been four years. I haven't seen them around. Look, I see Reed right on that cover. I'm going to get this book. I see Sue on that cover. I'm going to get this book. So, uh, hopefully I'm surprised. And, uh, I, I mean, I do agree with you, uh, Garrett. I do like Sarah Pichelli art, and I'm not sure who does this first story, but it, it doesn't look like Sarah Pichelli, so I don't know who is. Might be Simone. I'm not used. I'm not recognizing this artist, but I actually let's see here. This first story here, signal in the sky, Sarah Pichelli doing the art. Okay, well, I don't know who this. Okay, I guess that's how it look like. Uh, Coloring is a little too much for me, but we'll see. I'll see if I like it or not. Uh, Hunt for Wolverine and Pantium Agenda number four of four to the final one. Tom Taylor, Garrett's favorite writer of all time. Uh, Garrett, what do you think of, uh, what's it called? Adamantium Agenda, but I dropped it with issue, uh, I didn't pick up issue three. Why not? What happened? Because, I mean, they announced that Wolverine's coming out in September or October, and I don't need to read a book where they're hunting for Wolverine when I know he's coming back, so it defeats the purpose. That's where 
Marvel marketing screwed themselves, so I don't need the rest of the story. All right, what about Old Man Logan, number 45? This is Ed Brisson, Juan Ferreira. Uh, on for my next trick. Old Man Logan's good, but Bullseye, Bullseye's magic. Uh, plus, someone from Bullseye's past returns to exact her revenge and vendetta. You'll never forget. What do you think about uh, Old Man Logan? Um, the last two issues have been terrifying. Like, you do not want to fuck with Bullseye. He will murder you and everyone around you. Um, there was like this scene where, um, they were in this room and literally a card comes through the window and goes through somebody's forehead and it literally makes it through a tiny slit that's broken in the window. I was shocked. Um, you know, bullseye is crazy. And I know Ed Brisson did a bullseye, uh, mini a while back and he wasn't as crazy. He was in this book. So, um, very excited to read this issue. I'm I'm excited for sure. This is gonna be a crazy good episode <laughs> issue. I mean, I think my my only gripe with this book, and I realize that's not why you guys asked me about my comic book likes, is what do I hate? But if you're gonna have dead, not Deadpool, if you're gonna have Wolverine go up against Bullseye, and on this cover you're showing obviously it's Wolverine getting stabbed. I want I want there to be stakes. I want there to actually be. If you're going to kill someone off, let them be dead. And I know they that's another. Well, re-kill Bullseye because apparently they're not doing a good enough job. Well, I'm saying Sarah Dewey. <laughs> spoiler. R.I.P. I know spoiler. Sorry, it came out like a month ago, but there's stakes. I think I Alex is talking about the main characters, but Wolverine. Uh... Yeah, an immortal and a guy that can't die. <laughs> uh, I just want to bring up Spider-Man Annual. I don't think any of us get this book on the uh, regular, but Spider-Man Annual number one, Brian Edward Hill. I just want to bring up because Brian Hill's going to be in the book, and we've enjoyed him on Detective Comics and also him on uh, Wildstorm Michael Cray, Nelson Blake, and also Mark Bagley doing art. So um, if you're looking for a Spider-Man book to read, I, I would assure you that this one probably is going to be pretty great. So have Miles Morales Spider-Man, so go ahead and pick that up. Uh, Star Wars Darth Vader number 19. This is Charles Sol, Ilya Bonita, Jaleski, Captain Coley, Fortress Vader Begins, a Jedi, makes a desperate deal. The Inquisitors, eight missions involved. Darth Vader discovers a theft. Uh, that cover there, that's an, Alex, let me tell you something. That cover right there, that's an homage to New Hope. Uh, and that's who Darth Vader is. He's the new hope of the Sith. Garrett, what are we talking about here? Um, one of the best Darth Vader books of all time. Um, the story right now is just every issue Darth Vader comes closer and closer into the badass uh, that he was born to be. Um, obviously, the Emperor is always in the background making some kind of mischievous plot to always uh, keep Darth Vader in check. Um, I think everyone should be reading this book. Um, you know, whatever's happening in the Star Wars universe now, that's all over the place. This, at least, is a constant that is is really great about the Star Wars universe. But, I mean, if you think about it, really, Garrett, Darth Vader is very easily destroyed. You just pick up some sand and throw it in his face. He hates it. Yeah, he doesn't like, the, he doesn't like how it feels. Uh, Dynamite Comics, Nancy Drew, number three. This is... Uh, Kelly Thompson and Jean St. Orange, I think is her name. 
Uh, we have we are a little behind in answer, Drew here, and we haven't talked about it on the show just because uh, we haven't been able to find it. So I mean, I might I might get this one digitally so I can read it, but uh. If we, ever, if we ever get them again, we'll talk about Nancy Drew. But it was good. That first issue was good. So if you're looking for a book and you uh, can find it at your shop, I would pick it up. Nancy Drew, number three. Uh, here we go to Boom Studios. Black Badge, number one. Matt Kent, the uh, great Matt Kent and Tyler Jenkins, who I believe Tyler Jenkins, wasn't he the artist on... Nope, I'm thinking of... No, wasn't he the artist on Four Kids Walking to a Bank? I think he was. Um, if you look at it, yeah, he might have been. Um, might be. I can't remember. This might be, and also the covers by John Paul Leon, who did the uh, art for Batman, uh, what's it called? The Creature of the Night? So there's no solicit. I don't know what this book's about. No clue. Uh, no, you're on the wrong cover. Oh. It does have the solicit. All right, let's check this out here. That's go. the subscription cover. What? No, it isn't. It says number or one. the incentive. Look to the right, the one that's drawn by Matt Kent. That's the solicitors. Oh, Matt Ken and Tyler Jenkins, the team behind Grass Kings. Oh, Grass Kings, which, one, which all of us, I think I said we were regretting or regretting. Reunite for a new ongoing series about a top secret elite branch of Boy Scouts tasked by the government to take on covert missions. Among their organization, the Black Badges are the elite, the best of the best. They are feared even among other badges. The missions they take on are dangerous and they only get worse as their leader's attention is split between their mission objectives and tracking down a lost team member, a team member who disappeared years ago, presumed dead. A haunting look at foreign policy, culture wars, and isolationism through the lens of a kids or kids who know they must fix the world that adults have broken. This this actually this sounds really good. This might be something I pick up. I mean, this really lists some different Matt Kent. We love him in Department H. I haven't got my Matt Kent fix in a while. Uh, might check it out. I don't think yeah, it, it looks so good. Oh gosh, preview looks great too. Yeah, I know the art looks great. That's uh, I like that style of art. It looks uh, there's some watercolors in there, which we know we love from his uh, Department H. And just the way this story is told, okay, yeah, I'm going to check this out. There's no there's no way I don't read this book. So, Black Badge number one. There you go. If you try looking for something new. There you can jump on that one. There. Uh, I don't think there's anything else, right? Upside down. Nope. Uh, what do you think, Garrett? Your uh, pick of the week, what do you think is going to be the one that shines above the rest? Um, let's see. Let me double check here. I'm trying to think. Uh, I, th- I would say, shoot, come back to me. You guys go next. <laughs> go first, I mean. Alex, what do you think? Oh, I'm going to say unnatural number two. And natural number two for... Oh. Yes, Garrett. Uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 25, 100%. Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 25. Uh, I am going to pick that Black Badge, number one. I'm excited to check that out. Oh, what am I talking about? Fantastic Four, number one. (laughs) Get out of town, Black Badges. You don't know the books could come out this week. We could burn them all at the stake, and Fantastic Four comes out, I'm good. Uh, But then again, let's not put all all our eggs in one basket. That book might not be great, and then I'm going to cry myself to sleep like I do most nights. But Um, they're back, baby. Uh, speaking of backs, Alex, outside today, I felt some raindrops on my back, and then it was sunny, and then it was raining again. What do we think out there? What's happening? Is there lightning right now, I think? Well, it's thundering and lightning out right now. Um, I can very, hear a very frightening. I, you know, it, today has been a weird day. Started out nice and cool, then got kind of muggy and gross, uh, then a couple sprinkles, then it got sunny and hot and gross, and then it rained. And then it stopped raining, and now there's a thunderstorm. I, you know what? Uh, it's a weird day. Uh, being a meteorologist like I am, uh, my job's tough. 
when it gets dark, it's hard to see things. I don't believe in radar because, as everybody knows, I'm not really technologically advanced. Uh, so the aliens, when they come down, and I won't be able to tell because I don't have radar, they're not going to want me. Um, you know what? Just be careful when you're outside. Put your raincoat on or wear an umbrella. No, wait. Wear. You know what? Uh, talk about the roads. I thought it was supposed to heat up today. Uh, it was supposed to heat up today, and then it rained. So, you know, it's, it's hot and gross. Garrett, what about the roads? The rainforest. God. Uh, there's a lot of great books coming out. This is one of those days that you want to get to your shop early and on time. You want to swerve out and around those potholes. Um, you know, leave other lesser comic book fans in your wake because you need to get to those books before them. Um, they will fly off the shelves. Um, don't worry, Fantastic Four number one will have a billion copies and a billion variant covers. So you just find the one that catches your eye. Uh, everything else doesn't have as great a chance of having as many copies. So get them quick, read them, and enjoy your week. Well, uh, I have a good chance of being happy this week. It's called Fantastic Four number one. There's a good chance. Uh, you know, I don't really need to look very much further. I don't want to have to go where you don't follow. I'll say that to Reed Richards when I see him. Um, me and him, hand in hand, going off into the distance. Me and Reed and Sue and uh, Johnny and Ben himself. And we'll be out there. Oh, my, well, the kids might be there also, too. So it's been a while. It's been about four years. And I've been in a four-year coma from Marvel. That's why I've been hesitant and why I've been so angry at them. And I'm finally coming back around. I'm going to make my Marvel. I'm a Marvel zombie. Uh, I am the Marvel king and. uh my name is Marvin. I'm Alex. You know, I would say, but I think Mr. Fantastic is going to get replaced by Anna Marconi, so I'm Garrett. Uh, everyone, do what you have to do to be comfortable and keep reading those books. <laughs> <laughs>